Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. FakeTeams.com. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined as always by Just Clark Barnes. Just Clark Barnes, how you doing tonight? Looking cute, feeling cute, Pete. Looking cute and feeling cute. Um, might I inquire onto the beverage that you are sipping on tonight? We're going with the old standboy, the National Beer of Texas, the Lone Star tonight. Delightful, delightful. Uh, yours truly is sipping on a You Had to Be There IPA uh, from uh, Jack Abbey Brewing. So give that a little uh, crack of the can. That's the thing about IPAs. They put a lot into marketing because they're not very good. Ooh, that's 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 fighting words. IPAs hot are hot take. IPAs are, are the drink of the future. Um, yeah. We have a jam-packed show for you, obviously. We're going to be talking about so much, but and, and I'm amazed that it's even taken us this long to get into it. Uh, breaking news, Clark. Uh, the New York Giants just hate everything and uh, don't want to win games. Uh, Eli Manning is benched for Geno freaking Smith. And uh, as you could guess, this just means two things. One, uh, the Giants are throwing in the towel and tanking about as hard as the Colts did when they started Curtis Painter for 16 games. And, and two, uh, Eli is done in New York. Yeah. I, I mean, I know people are kind of losing their poop on Twitter and in the social media. I, I'm not that passionate about it, but I do think when a quarterback starts for 14 years straight and is not the problem, kind of a jerk move to bench him. What I'm really interested in is I saw a, a tweet, so I don't know if this is news, but I'm going to report it as fact, that Eli asked for his release. Uh, I mean, it would, I be mean why decent, he? it would be the decent thing to do. Right. Who would you like to see Eli Manning go to for the rest of the season if that happens? Jacksonville. Hands down. It's the easiest. Tom Coughlin's there running the organization. They need a quarterback who's been there. We talked about this on we talked about this on last on the earlier this week's podcast, uh, on Tuesday's podcast, where we were like, hey, what if they went out and got Colin Kaepernick as they're making their playoff run? Um, but if if the Giants were to release Eli, I feel like Jacksonville, and even next year, Jacksonville's probably going to be his likely destination because Eli Manning is still going to play football. This is not this benching is not going to be the end of his career. Uh, I think he's going to have another leg, very similar to his brother, uh, where he'll go on and play maybe one or two more years somewhere else just as a change of scenery. But uh, going back to what you were saying earlier, Clark, it is a very much a dick move by the Giants organization to not only bench Eli or, or bench their quarterback, who they've had starting since, I think, 2004, um, and who's won them two Super Bowls, 
but also bench him in this way, which was basically just kind of like so unceremoniously and like, hey, Eli, so we just kind of want to see what we've got. And we're going to bench you for Geno Smith. Um, so uh, hope you're cool with that. You know, like who does like, there, I mean, I understand like, yes, it's a business and everyone loves to say that. And and there's only so much that you can do when you're like kind of saying goodbye to the previous generation of talent. But I feel like someone who's done that much for that organization and has caused me that much pain deserves a, a more ceremonious end uh, to his tenure as with his team. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Jacksonville is an obvious target and I'm sure uh, we're recording Wednesday night. I'm sure this story is going to be well written about and talked about by the time this comes out, but why not? If you're going to keep him for an extra year while you develop someone else too, I think it's a good mix. And I know there's the Tom Coughlin connection, but that aside, they're a playoff team with no quarterback and they're the only playoff team with no quarterback. So I, I'd like to see it. I think he'd be better than Blake Bortles if he started with him tomorrow. Uh, 100%. Be interesting to see. It, it would be the decent thing to do to let him go. It's not like Giants need to worry about him uh, meeting them in the playoffs or something. So uh, you think it's easy to do the right thing, and it is. So I'm sure the Giants won't. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing, too, that a lot of people have said. And I'm not someone who's you know followed the Giants to the point of knowing this. So I'm just kind of regurgitating other things that people have said. Uh, but the fact that the giants have kind of made it, uh, uh, have, have been pretty consistent at doing what is expected, like doing the quote unquote right thing. And that's kind of also what made this whole move come seemingly out of left field is just that like the giants aren't one, you know, if this was the jets or the Browns or a franchise that hadn't had any success for the last 12 years, you totally understand this complete like upheaval of the quarterback position. Even if even in Kansas City, I would I would understand it in Kansas City more than I would in, in uh, New York. Yeah, I mean, if he was on the Jets or the Browns, it'd be so baffling still because it's like, wait, he's by far the best. Like, I, and right. I'm not a big Eli believer. Like, I think he's good enough, and he won a couple couple Super Bowls. Not that like he carried them there, but he won a couple Super Bowls. Like Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl, so I'm not all over him. I don't right. think he's the greatest, but he's not. Tear it top 20 quarterback like he's not yeah. he's not the problem and and the other thing is is too and, and then we'll move on because we actually have real 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 important things to discuss <laughs> we have things other than reckless baseless speculation <laughs> uh even though that's like what this podcast is constructed on um the other thing too that just flabbergasted me and made this all the more confusing is i would understand this move and i brought up kansas city i would understand this move if you had someone plant in succession they don't like you're benching him for geno smith everyone who's ever watched a geno smith game can tell you with a hundred percent certainty geno smith is not a starting quarterback in this league and will never be a starting quarterback in this league uh i know they have a rookie that they drafted in the third round uh who's that's all i can remember but it would be understandable if you had a Pat Mahomes sitting back there, right? Someone who had shown you something in the preseason, who could give you a run, who could give some injection into that team, some energy, but you really don't. And so instead you're getting rid of the, you're basically burning the bridge with the guy who has won you two Super Bowls, an average court. I mean, an adequate quarterback. I agree with you, Clark. I mean, I think, I think adequate is a very good way to put it. He's adequate. Yeah. 
He's adequate. People people love to hype him up and think that he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. Please, God, if he makes it in Canton, I will burn the football world to the ground. And people love to hate on him, too. So I, I think that balances out to, like, he's probably the 15th to 20th best quarterback yeah. in the league. But you're benching him for the worse than the worst quarterback. I, anyways, yeah. I'm with you, but yeah, you got it. Right. It's a perplexing move nonetheless. Um, so anyway, so that burn is that bridge is clearly burnt. Uh, and it'll be interesting, like you said, if they do release him, I would love that narrative of him going to Jacksonville and helping to lead Jacksonville to the playoffs and maybe actually making a little bit of noise there. If he sits around in, in uh, New York for the rest of the season, you know he's going to be released in the offseason, and it will be interesting to see uh, where he goes. So yeah. there you go. If he goes uh, back to Denver following in his brother's ooh, yeah, that, enough, enough Eli talk. That right. could happen. Uh, so we actually have some uh, rather fun things to talk about in the pod. Since it is thir- uh, our Thursday podcast recording Wednesday night, uh, we'll be tackling uh, – we'll give a, our Thursday night preview and some Week 13 starting sets. Uh, but we figured in the kind of a theme, no, I, I can never think of the right word when I'm on cue. The spirit. There it is. In the spirit of the fantasy playoffs. God damn it, Clark. You're so good at this. In the spirit ah. of the fantasy playoffs, um, the bulk of this episode will be a segment that I dubbed Notes from the Playoff Schedule. Since this Wonderful. is Clark's idea, again, I'm going to, as a good as a good host should, uh, give credit where credit's due, and and push responsibilities, delegate to that person. Uh, so, Clark, since this was your idea, uh, tell us, tell us what notes from the playoff schedule. Yeah. So, uh, during draft season, we like to look ahead at the playoff schedule as if you know for tiebreakers, I, and I think that's okay. Like if you play Cleveland twice from week 14 to 16 next year, I'll break ties in the favor of that player. But the NFL is so awesome because who thought the Rams were going to be great this year? Like who thought Philly was going to have one loss in week 11? So looking ahead during draft season, I think is a little silly, but we have a good idea of who these teams are. And we've got week 14, 15 and 16, which is the traditional fantasy playoffs coming up. And so I want to chat about a couple of teams who aren't the obvious Ones that, I mean, you're going to start the guys on some teams. I forgot who you said you're going to pick, so I'm not going to say anything. Uh, (laughs) But uh, so a a couple of teams who have good matchups where you're going to break ties in the favor of these players. And I'll start us off with Tennessee. They've got good skill position players that I think a lot of people are going to think about starting as their RB2 tight end wide receiver three kind of flex position guys. And so Tennessee is at Arizona at San Francisco, and then hosts the Rams. Um, so not absolute cakewalk for all three weeks, but I think these are three good matchups, and I think this one's interesting because we've seen DeMarco Murray look rather pedestrian for a couple of weeks here, and Derrick Henry look pretty good. So on top of the good schedule, we also have a, is this going to be Derrick Henry leading the Titans into the playoffs. Uh, Delaney Walker, I think, is an automatic start. But what do you do with Corey Davis? I think this is one of those schedules where you might think about these guys just because they've got great matchups. So what do you think about Tennessee with your fantasy playoffs on the line? Yeah. 
I think there are, I think that's a, it's a good choice. I love Corey Davis and I, and I'll actually, my next one, I'll be talking about another rookie wide receiver who's started to kind of get his footing as of late um, and will have a helpful schedule in front of him. But I've always, I've been abo- aboard the Corey Davis hype train from the very beginning. And I think now he's finally healthy. He's finally, you know, being able to like get his feet wet and get a part of the offense and get production out there. Um, I think the biggest thing for the Titans, and I love you bringing up Derrick Henry and DeMarco Murray, because we could be watching the passing of the torch, right? This very easily could be this stretch of games to close out this season. We could be seeing Derrick Henry start taking over that RB1 role in Tennessee. And if he does, suddenly now he's got supreme fantasy value. Like he takes the DeMarco Murray value, which no (laughs) one expected it when he came from Philly, but he's been really good for the past. He's been fantastic. And I think he would even add a little bit to the DeMarco Murray value, just given the fact that he's, I mean, younger and is not dealing with injuries, which I feel like DeMarco Murray has been dealing with this entire season. I'm with you. It's hard to speculate about injuries. I mean, anyone in the NFL that's played 10 games is probably hurt right. at this point. But Murray does look a little sluggish. And he's never been a super fast twitch guy, but he's always looked very smooth. And mm-hmm. to me, at least for the past few games, I watch the Titans almost every week because I try to do the AFC South just so I have a good understanding of that division. He doesn't, he, he just doesn't look the same. And I never bagged on DeMarco Murray being terrible. And I never thought he was you know, worthy of leading the league and rushing like he did with the Cowboys. So I've always been kind of moderately accepting or moderately happy for DeMarco Murray in his career. Look at you. You're such a good going, guy. Right. I'm just middle of the road Barnes. Cause that's what people <laughs> like podcasts. Right. Uh, but, but, but I do think he's slowing down and I don't think Derrick Henry is the next, you know, sliced bread invention either, but he looks better. And you know, that what kills me about Corey Davis is, you know, despite having the quarterback that I think can do it, the Titans want to run. They're going to run their offense right. through the running back. And if that running back becomes Derrick Henry, those poor souls who drafted him in the fifth round may end up getting that paid off because he's going to hit when you need him to hit the most. Yeah. And you have no, a week I to don't... see. We'll have right. a week to we see. Have a week, week. Right, which is super nice. That That week is super nice. And you touched on this, too. Not only do the Titans want to run the football, I think the biggest question with your Titans pick is just Mariota, right? You're just, you haven't seen, we haven't seen the step that we thought a lot of people thought he was going to take. He's been putting together the last three games. And if I was really good and prepared and this was my full-time job, I would have stats in front of me, Um, but it's not. So, but you you know, he doesn't just on the eye test, he's been off these last few weeks um, and has not been, has not been the kind of usual turnover uh allergic quarterback that he has been in the past he's been throwing interceptions pretty uh pretty often uh in this last latest stretch of games so i think he's the biggest wild card moving forward but if he is able to kind of right the ship a little bit at the very least suddenly the titans passing attack has favorable matchups to take advantage of if not i agree with you clark uh they have a favorable matchup and they're going to be running the football and so if if we see the derrick henry transition uh take place you know, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry is going to help lead you to play, playoff success. Yeah. And just to put the cherry on the uh, old piano cover here, <laughs> I, I think the only matchup you're really worried about the game getting out of hand in Tennessee, maybe going away from the run is in week 16 against the Rams. I, I don't think Arizona or San Francisco is going to jump on top of the Titans. Right. Uh, so yeah, something to keep an eye on. Pretty excited to see how this one turns out. 
yeah. So let's. Uh, so my next, my first one. Uh, I mentioned this I, that I would be talking about a, another rookie receiver who's kind of taken strides. Um, but not only that, I'll be talking about the entire offense, um, and that is the offense of the Buffalo Bills. Because the Buffalo Bills is remaining five games. You said the Titans wasn't a cakewalk. The Buffalo Bills uh, offense schedule is a gosh darn cakewalk. Uh, they play the Patriots twice. They play the Dolphins twice. And they play the Colts. I mean, I if, yeah. this was at, if this was at all a powerful passing attack, I would just be salivating right now and be saying, like, drop everyone you have and go get the entire Bills offense because that is such a cushy lineup. I mean, even though the Patriots have, like, turned it around in recent weeks, they're still giving – I mean, it's not that they're, like, a shut-down defense. They're still giving up yards. They're still getting points if, if you're from uh, wide receiver ones and quarterbacks. Uh, so the – and then you're playing the Dolphins and the, and the Colts, which are just atrocious and giving away points for free. Um, so everyone on the Dolphins, on the Bills offense, I'm saying go get. Uh, especially, I mean, obviously Tyrod. If you have LaShawn McCoy, you're sitting very pretty right Congratulations. now. Congratulations. Good work. Yeah. Yeah. Good freaking work by you. Uh, but the guy to go get is Zay Jones. Um, and I mentioned this in my waiver wire article. And this is, I mean, he's been a very popular guy throughout this entire year. And on this podcast, we talk about him a fair amount because he's been a rookie who came in when the Bills traded Sammy Watkins. You thought Zay Jones is about to get all of the targets and all of the work. And, and he's going to just explode onto the fantasy world. He, he's gotten all of the targets. He just hasn't quite put it together. Uh, but it seems that he's been doing that. In the last three weeks, he has 13 catches for 154 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, so you like the fact that he's starting to put it together. He's starting to be able to make plays in the passing attack. He and Tyrod are getting on the same page despite Tyrod's weird hiatus, one-week hiatus. Um, <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, and and more on Ty- – I mean, Tyrod, this is the number one cushiest schedule for a quarterback in terms of fantasy points allowed for teams. So. If you are streaming quarterbacks, first of all, good on you for making it to the playoffs streaming quarterbacks. Well done. That's that is some good streaming ability right there. Uh, or if you, you know, whatever your quarterback isn't doing it for you, you have Alex Smith and he's got you this far and you're like, Alex Smith is is right on the decline. What am I going to do to replace him? Tyrod Taylor, I think, is an excellent, excellent choice. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think another interesting thing here is that uh, Kelvin Benjamin is highly owned according to Yahoo, but I bet he's been dropped in a lot of leagues. He's doubtful this week. And I think not this week, probably not week 14, but we're going to have a couple of weeks to see if Kelvin Benjamin kind of meshes with Tyrod Taylor. And if they can get things going, he's going to be the third or fourth weapon. And that always gives them or gives you the ability to have a big game. If the defense is concentrating on you. So that'll be interesting. I mean, you, hit the nail on the head with with Tyrod and with uh, LaShawn McCoy. Tyrod probably still available in several leagues. Yeah. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, if he's available in your league, you need to find a new league. But you're going to be very happy <laughs> that you picked him six or seven mm-hmm. and everyone laughed at you. Uh, and it's it, it's going to pay off in the closing weeks here. So I like yeah, that. Yeah, 100%. It's, I mean, I believe the schedule goes, it's they play the Patriots this week, then they play the Colts, then they play play the Dolphins, then they play the Patriots, then they play the Dolphins. Your stretches, you sit through week 13, which is most either your playoffs have just started or they start next week. So they're playing the Patriots. So really week 14, you're starting with the Colts, the Dolphins, the Patriots, the Dolphins. Like 
you can't ask for a cushier set of games of, of defenses to go up against in the most important time of fantasy time uh, to get production from. Like that is just, it, you can't ask for something better than that. So hopefully they're able to take advantage of it and you're able to take advantage of it. Yeah. And the dolphins can be stout against the run, but they've been kind of gashed lately and it looks like they're on the decline. I, I don't want to say teams are giving up as it certainly doesn't look like Miami is. I mean, but there's lots of penalties. There's lots of just sloppy play from Miami every time I watch them. And those are the kind of things that can lead to those little one yard touchdowns, right? Totally. When you play a sloppy team, you score more because they give yards away. So exciting stuff for Bills fans. Bills are still in the playoff hunt. Now that yeah. their coach recovered from his from his brain aneurysm. <laughs> I can't think of anything that's not offensive to say. <laughs> Since he has recovered from whatever ailed him and Tyrod is back in there, he looks obviously Tyrod looks good. The Bills have a legit plant chance at making the playoffs and they'll do it on the back of LaShawn McCoy and, and Tyrod Taylor. So good pick. Yep. Yep. So take advantage, everyone out there in the fantasy world. Take advantage. All right, Clark, what's your second uh, notes on the uh, playoffs schedule? So the second team I have is an obvious start for one player which is Carson Wentz. I've got Philly. They've got a great playoff schedule. They're uh, at the Rams. It's a little tough. Week 14. Then they're at the Giants, and they host Oakland. These are great matchups for week 15 and 16. And the reason I bring this up is basically for the Philadelphia wide receivers and for the Philadelphia running backs. I think somebody out of these, out of this group is going to have a big game, and I think you're going to be okay starting Alshon Jeffrey. You may be okay even if you're if you're desperate. Like if you snuck in as the six seed, Torrey Smith is the kind of wide receiver who's going to beat the one seed for you. He's going to get like two catches for 98 yards and two touchdowns, and that one seed's going to hate you forever for <laughs> that performance. It's the worst thing about not having a bye during the first week of the playoffs, because you're like, this is how this freaking happens. Like, this is how the Giants beat the Patriots. Like, this is how the Ravens win a Super Bowl. It's just baffling. But uh, so so they've got a great schedule. And, and of course, you're going to start Wentz. Of course, you're going to start Ertz. But the reason I bring this up is these this backfield has been split. But I think against the Giants and against Oakland, several receivers and several running backs have a chance to have big games. And so I think you're going to lean towards breaking ties. If you're struggling at flex or your wide receiver three, go ahead and throw one of these guys in here because they are hot and they are rolling. Uh, the only thing to look out for is against Oakland. If they have it sewn up two weeks early and maybe one of those just absolutely nut punching crushers to where they like sit everyone in the second and half. Weeks starting offense. Yeah. yeah. So heads up on that. Cause they are, I mean, one loss They're They're clear. They're, they're clear out the lead. Uh, but yeah, I like Philly's closing schedule. No, I like that too, especially the Giants, because like we opened the show with, I think the Giants, I mean, I, I have, I, I can't believe that you're losing your start, your starting quarterback being benched in this manner is not going to completely demoralize the team. There were questions about New York giving up week eight. Yeah. How, how do you think they're going to feel? Hey, this guy who played 14 straight seasons, which is nearly impossible. Like punters don't play 14 straight right, seasons. Right, right. I mean, you have to play through so much pain and to be such a stalwart of your team and to see someone treated like that. Like, I have a job. 
when they fire someone that's really good because they're too competent, that's demoralizing for right. everyone. So You're not gonna, no one's going to want to play. And Janoris uh, Jenkins got put on IR, so they have they lost their best cover corner in that secondary. That's already just awful this season. It's like I just think I think the Giants are just going to be dead in the water for the rest of this season. And I would assume because I'm an optimist, most of the guys on the team are going to work hard and do their job because you're putting game tape out for next year when you go somewhere else. So I don't think they're going to give up, and I feel like that story is going to be overblown. But you know there's a couple dudes who are going to be like, my ankles hurt for like six weeks. Screw it. I'm not going to well, not and, get signed. I'm out of here. And also, like, like you, that defense is going to be exhausted because there's no way Geno Smith is going to lead multiple long drives. It's going to be Geno might put together one five-minute drive, and the rest of the drives are going to end in interceptions or three and outs. Yeah, because Geno's going to be facing all the problems that Eli faced, which is he doesn't have any wide no receivers. Offensive the line. offensive line no is receivers. terrible. God. I mean, yeah. Anyways. I, I think as an organization, go ahead and lose all the rest of these games. I get that. Yeah. But you don't have sure. to screw over. It's, it's Again, I, I'm gonna, this will be the fifth time I say it. 14 years straight, man. Like 14 years straight. Ugh. Yeah, bonus bonus note from the playoff schedule. Uh, any offense that's playing the Giants, just just start like the best per like start anyone you have when they face the Giants. Yeah, and I want to make sure I bring this up. Uh, so I spent like three hours editing a spreadsheet to try to figure <laughs> out like who the worst defenses are, and it was like manually removing versus wide receiver and one from PFF.com, which is a great or fantasy football today which is a great stat site that i use all the time and then i just out of curiosity before the segment or before the show started i was like i'm just gonna google week 14 15 16 schedule found this site called ff toolbox i'm sure a lot of you have heard about it amazing website i'm getting a lot of the data that i'm using tonight from the show from the website so i really want to encourage everybody to go to fftoolbox.com on top of faketeams.com for all your fantasy coverage. So you got to give credit where credit's due. So guys, thanks for putting this together. Excellent work. And then, uh, you know, obviously check out fake teams because uh, we have obviously. a lot of excellent writers there. And I just look at other people's stats. And I do the podcast. <laughs> um, yes. No, that was, I stumbled upon the same site and it was a godsend for this segment. And it's also, again, a great thing to just have in the back of your pocket, back pocket as you move into the fantasy playoffs is just, it gives you a great breakdown as to, uh, you know, defensive matchups and, and who's going to have a favorable matchup uh, going forward. So good to good to look out for uh, my second note from the playoff schedule. And I have touched on both of these guys before. But, you know, since we're doing this, I wanted to recap for concision and to make sure that everyone who hadn't heard earlier wet episodes is, uh, you know, going to be tuning into this episode. And, and here's my wise words. Watch out for Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell. Now, both running backs have tough matchups ahead of them. Uh, Todd Gurley has already kind of petered a little bit. He hasn't been quite as productive as he has been to start the season, which is a little bit worrisome considering that his week 14 through 17 is the 28th hardest uh, schedule against opposing running backs. Uh, I believe in there he's playing the Eagles, who have the number one ranked defense against the run, who just held Jordan Howard to zero points. God, that's, he, that's tough. He plays the Titans, who have the number six ranked defense against the run, I believe. And he plays the Seahawks, who held him to two points back in week like four. So 
Todd Gurley is someone, and I mentioned this on the on earlier podcast. He's definitely someone who I would keep an eye out for. He he could definitely let you down down the stretch. Um, and the other one is Le'Veon Bell. Uh, and I know it's so difficult to like. No, I'm picking like the two biggest names in fantasy to say you should be worried about them. But Le'Veon Bell is playing. Uh, he has the 31st most difficult schedule against opposing running backs moving forward and he has a propensity of getting injured at late in the season because the Steelers don't understand how to balance a backfield. Uh, he also, the Steelers also, if like the Eagles, like Clark was saying with the Eagles, where they, if the Eagles wrap up the NFC, you very likely could see just the entire starting lineup of the Eagles getting benched uh, in this week set 16 or 17. Same thing could happen with the Steelers. And in fact has happened in the past before and has actually helped me win championships. Um, He's playing uh, for for Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell is playing Baltimore, New England, Houston, and Cleveland week 14 through 17. I think the Cleveland game is is a big one where if the Steelers pull out the win against New England in week 15, which so help me God if that happens, um, I could see Cleveland being a game where they just bench everyone because they're just not going to give a flying F about it. Uh, but anyway, so those are two guys who I think hard to hard to do anything with them. Hard to bench them, but just someone to keep eyes out for. Yeah, I think you play them, but I think you might want to get more aggressive at your other spots because uh, you can't bench them. Exactly. But yeah, you get more aggressive with your flex. You take the high yeah. upside. Uh, oh, man, Christmas Day is I, I play in three leagues that I really care about, and I've stacked my teams with Patriots and Steelers in the two leagues where I'm just crushing it. And then right. I stacked my team with uh, Lions and Packers in my league where I'm really trying very hard really struggling. to get last place. <laughs> uh, and so hearing about Le'Veon Bell, that's tough. I mean, week 15, I expect big things because yeah. the Patriots, you're right, they are putting it together. They're much better now than the start of the season, and that's kind of one of the problems with season-long stats. But they're still not good, and they're scoring. So uh, fireworks week 15, I hope. But then seeing that Christmas Day matchup against my Texans, they're just good enough to stop him and have Antonio Brown right. get 300 yards and three touchdowns. Oh, 100%. Like, oh, oh, man, Jadavian, Jadavian Clowney looking like a man out there. But is, he is so Yeah, that's good. tough. And, and like you said, you're not saying bench those guys. But uh, right. no, I'm just I like, giving everyone I like anxiety. You, Thanks, Right. Pete. You're welcome. That's what I'm here for. I like what you said because you said it perfectly. Uh, it's you don't bench them. You get aggressive at the other position. You start a Sammy Watkins instead of an Alfred Morris. Or, you like know, yep. you want a, a receiver that could crush it for you right. versus the running back you know is going to get you seven in standard. Right. 100%. I like it. Uh, do you have a final note from the playoffs schedule for us? Kind of last minute. So, uh, the Chargers schedule. I wouldn't expect anything else. Yeah, the Chargers schedule looks pretty good with them coming on of late. So they're going to face the team from Washington and the Chiefs and the Jets. So these aren't cake matchups, but they've been playing so well lately that I think you're confident starting the big guys with Hunter Henry coming. And with, you know, Melvin Gordon hasn't been playing great because, Aust- because Eckler has been out of nowhere sucking up a lot of points so good for him and good, good for, for the him. chargers and all that but i the the chargers you might break some ties in their favor as well i i've managed to sit hunter henry every week that he's had a good week and start him every time 
he had a bad week. So last week, uh, Vernon Davis over Hunter Henry for me. Perfect. Um, so he'll probably do really well uh, on my bench during the Excellent. playoffs. Excellent. You should just make sure make sure to tweet out what your decision is every week, so we can all uh, we can all adjust our lineups accordingly. Yeah, do the summer of George approach. Like, do the opposite of what exactly. I actually do. Like, I, I like to think my analysis is at least okay. Hopefully, it makes you think about what you want to do. But then, when I actually tell you what I'm going to do, if you think that doesn't sound right, you're right. Rivers. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, anytime I hear the Chiefs on anyone's roster, I just think. Uh, number one corner is about to eat. Another number one wide receiver is about to eat. I think I could see Keenan Allen also, since he's been coming on as of late too. I could see Keenan Allen just continue just killing it all throughout the playoffs with that with that schedule. Yeah, I mean, if he if you can get to the Jets game, you're good. Uh, they, right. they haven't been a total trash bag this year, and I think you got to give that coaching staff a lot of credit because all of the talk at the beginning of the year was how they're just going to throw in the towel and they're not very good, and they're not very good, but they've no. managed to look good, and that's uh, throws me into panic mode about Hugh Jackson uh, coaching the Browns. Like I, th- I thought he was a good coach, and right, he must not be. He's yeah. There's like I know the Browns aren't good, but Hugh Jackson accidentally win a couple of games in the NFL. Right. Hugh Jackson's tenure in uh in Cleveland has definitely changed my uh, expectations for him. Maybe he's a, just a good a, coordinator. You know, like Wade Phillips is, is amazing. Like I Wade want Phillips. Wade Phillips on my staff, but I don't want him to coach my. I don't want him to be a head coach. Josh McDaniels is the same way. Yeah. Josh McDaniels, I'd love to coach an offense. I I'm not enti- I'm not 100 sold on him as a head coach. Yeah, and there's only 64 coordinator jobs out there. You're still one of the best right. people on the planet. Like that's not embarrassing. Right. Like I'm an analyst at, in my day job. There's millions of analysts, <laughs> and a lot of them are better than me. So you know, being a coordinator for the NFL, like, still, congratulations, dude. Yeah, like you, good job. It. Hey, but, yeah. hey, coordinators in the NFL. If you were, if I know you guys are probably struggling with your self esteem, but hopefully, us complimenting you. On saying that you made it, hopefully that helps because I know yeah. you all listen, and I know our word is gold. Yeah, I feel like if you make sixty-five grand and work for an NFL team, congratulations, man! Like you made it, you did a great job. You're doing pretty good for yourself. Uh, I'll wrap up the segment with uh, a little one that I hope is true, uh, but I also feel is true, uh, and that is—is oh, is that no, because you have coming. a lot of these people on your roster? These are my favorites. Oh, maybe. Okay, these are my favorite ones. It's really just one. It's really just, I think the Julio Jones train is going to keep rolling. And in general, the whole Falcons train is going to keep rolling, but primarily the Julio Jones train. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to give you your 200 yards, but I mean, let's say Uh, they have the third easiest schedule to opposing wide receivers going forward. They play the Saints, the Buccaneers, the Saints again, and the Panthers. So a whole NFC South sweep right there. We know what he could do against the Buccaneers. I I have to think that Brett Grimes is currently just having nightmares throughout from like from last game all the way up until they play in week 15. Like you can't not just be like sweating in your bed being like, Jesus Christ, I got to play Julio again. Yeah. And I mean, at least if you get torched, Julio is a freak of nature. Oh, 100%. It's not like he got torched by Tyrell Williams or something. Right. So like. Do you imagine Don't. getting torched by just the most average athletic person in the like NFL? Cole Beasley got you for <laughs> 186 and three. You know, it's oh, like, God oh. damn it. That being said, again, hey, every average athlete in the NFL, you are, you are in the NFL. You're a superior athlete than myself. So 
hey, your self-esteem should be sky high. And we're a golden positive one. podcast. <laughs> if we, we don't say like you're not meet- good, we only mean in the context of fantasy. Congratulations exactly. on your amazing career. But exactly. also, I, and I but think also. you raise a good point here. So the Saints have had a very good defense, but they're starting to suffer from injury. Uh, I think teams are starting to figure them out. They're starting to lean on their offense a little bit more. And you want these games to be high scoring. Like I'm, I'm looking at the Patriots schedule and I think like, oh my God, this is great. But then like, I don't want them to kill teams because right. then Rex Burkhead is going to get six touchdowns and 50 carries. <laughs> I don't have Rex Burkhead. I don't have him. So, but yeah, I think they're going to be high scoring games. And so you, you can definitely see it going that way. And then, of course, this is another matchup where we have, or another team where we have some, not controversy, but we have some question marks in the backfield with uh, injuries, with uh, Devontae Freeman. Is he going to come back? Is Tevin Coleman going to finally do what a bunch of people thought he was going to do before Devontae Freeman got a big contract? So very interesting. I think these are going to be very high-scoring games, and I think it's going to be one of those where, like, yeah, give nod to Austin Hooper. Like, yeah, Muhammad Sanu may be that high upside flex that you're looking for, or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Also, just again for the Falcons, this is you're running the NFC South right here. So, like, if you want to do something crazy and make a playoff push, you've got to win these the last four games in your schedule. So- yeah, their fate is in their hands. Uh, they're a talented team. It, they started off real slow, but that you know the season you got to play all seven or all sixteen. So. Hey, hey, season's not season's not played on paper. Yeah, season's and, played and this division, on the field. Like with I'm, Mac. I'm not sure about the math, but like could three teams from this division make the playoffs? Like it's a it, good division. It could. It is a very and especially since everyone was like so quick to, you know, five weeks into the game into the season be like, God, the NFC South is garbage. Uh, and I don't know if people actually said that. I'm just pretending that people I'm sure said someone that. said it. I'm sure someone said those exact words. Uh so anyway, so yeah, it's it's crazy to see that all turn around to the point where it's like we could see three NFC South teams all battling in the playoffs, which would be excellent. Yeah, I like I like neat stuff like that. That's fun. Yeah, why not? Um, excellent. Well, let's uh, hopefully that will help you now moving forward into the playoffs. You'll have a little sense of how all the schedules will break down and who to start where and who to give who to give the lean to in your flex. Um, but let's bring it back down to week thirteen. Because guess what? We're uh, we're on to Cincinnati. Um, we're we're on to Cincinnati. Yeah, screw that. We're looking forward to New yeah. England three weeks from now. We're on to, we're on to Cincinnati. Uh, yeah. Or you're Mike Tomlin. Oh, oh, we're uh, we don't play any games. We're we're just looking forward to when we play the, play the Patriots and then when we play the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. Are we going to make it? I don't know. All right. So I understand why that's Bill Belichick has to focus on the next game. And I understand that's what he's doing. He's leading his team as a leader. The, your leadership starts at the top. This is what our leader is saying. This has to be the organizational focus. And so I understand that. But give me a f-ing break. You think players aren't looking at the schedule? Oh, totally. thinking like, there's, the, there's a big one. This that's is going to be important. No, I, I mean, and I know I just I just did my best Mike Tomlin impression and, and it might come off as slightly uh, a ridicule. Um, but I I appreciate what Mike Tomlin said. Like, I love it when a coach is just like, you know what? Screw being like the close lipped, like I'm going to only give you coach answers and being like, hey, you know what? I'm a human. Guess what? Week 15 is a big game. And you know what? We're going to see them again in the AFC championship because the AFC 
team sucks. <laughs> so there you go. And those are the best two teams. So of course they're thinking about, if you're not thinking about each other, you're not doing your job. Right. You're worried right. about the Ravens. Totally. Like don't blow it against the Ravens, but are you really worried about them? Like, no, you're not. No. Um, okay. So let's give us some week 13 uh, starts and sits. Uh, I'll start. And I'm going to start by starting. And again, just like how I, uh, I was, uh, Picking Julio because I had a little invested in him. I'm going to have a little invested in my start this week. Jordan Howard, after I accurately told you to sit him last week, despite the fact that I didn't sit him last week, uh, start him against the 49ers. I know. Of course, give me the look like, why did you not? No, no, him? that's good. Like, you don't, you shouldn't follow your own advice, especially if you're wrong. I mean, yeah, this is right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, 49ers have given up the most total points to opposing running backs this season. Jordan Howard is the only person on the Bears offense who's worthy of being on an offense. I don't need to do anything more. Yeah. I I thought last week would be a good week for Tariq Cohen because I thought maybe they'll get some offense going. We saw some some sputtering of life. I thought the engine was going to turn over, and, and I was wrong. And then Jordan Howard also killed a couple of my daily fantasy lineups as well. But against a soft San Francisco team, this is probably going to be a competitive game. And when bad teams play competitive games, usually the running backs have good days. We get to see your boy, Superstar. Jimmy G. Wow. Little so Jimmy Garoppolo sad. play today. So that'll be fun. Uh, yeah, I like that. I think you definitely forget about last week. Jordan Howard's good. Plug him in. Don't, don't overthink yep, this yep. one. Yep, exactly. Clark, give me a starter sit for this week. All right, so I've got, uh, I got a few this week. So I've got an interesting one I picked up off of the Reddit. Uh, so you've got Tyrod Taylor, Philip Rivers. We got Tyrod hosting the Pats, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then we've got Rivers hosting the Browns. Ooh. I mean, I, I personally am going to say Philip, but what do you think? I, I think you go with Rivers here. Uh, I, he's on a tear, and he's one of those quarterbacks that is good enough to get hot, a la Joe Flacco, a la Eli Manning, like we talked about earlier. Not the greatest player in the world for the past 15 years, but when he is on, he kills it. He's throwing the ball to Keenan Allen. Hunter Henry's getting involved. The running game is great. They've got Eckler coming out of the backfield as a receiver. I think Melvin Gordon has been not doing so great for no reason. Like He looks good, so I don't think he's having a bad year or anything. I just think it's happened to not go to him. So I think that he's ready. And against the Browns, I don't think the Chargers are the type of team that can get up 10 or 15 and coast. I think they have to crush it because they have to run the table to get into the playoffs. And they could because the Chiefs keep screwing up. So this division is wide open. There are no good teams in this division. I think if everyone played a round-robin tournament right now, I'd put my money on the, on the Chargers. So uh, I think that's going to be a good matchup. Now, having said that, if you have Tyrod Taylor, don't panic. Great start. Great start. Great but start. If you have both great guys, I go with Rivers. Because you know, because you know the Patriots are going to come in to Buffalo, and the only thing they're going to be worried about is Lashawn McCoy. They are going to say, Hey, Tyrod, you go out there, you beat us with your arm because we don't trust that you can do that. They're going to keep Tyrod in the pocket. They're going to shut down Lashawn McCoy. I mean, they're going to try to shut down Lashawn McCoy. And they're going to be like, Tyrod, you and Zay Jones and and Clay, uh Charles Clay and whoever else you've got in your receiving core can beat us. And so that's going to open the door for Tyrod Taylor just chucking the ball around because, hey, guess what? Uh, the Patriots are going to score a lot of points on this defense. So 
Yeah. I mean, in high scoring games, like you don't want the quarterback to be down 20 because then the other team knows mm-hmm. what you're going to do. And when you know what the other team is going to do, it doesn't matter who the team is. It's easier to shut it down. But uh, it's good to put the rabbit out there and not let a team go conservative. And I think that that's what we're going to see with Tyrod. Uh, I, I just think the Chargers are the kind of team that will run it up on the on the poor, poor Browns. The poor Browns. I, I was looking uh, at the, the draft standings, and it, it hurt my heart so much that the Texans are currently sitting at the number seven pick, and it's got a little arrow and a Browns helmet next to it. It's like, this is, this is come back to me, went. Deshaun Watson. Uh, come back to me. Come back to you. Jeez. I yeah. know. Uh, come back to all of us. Uh, my second guy, I have I have uh, a sit for you guys now. I, uh, you know, I actually put a little effort into this week's start and sits. Normally, I just shoot off the cuff. But I was like, hey, you know what? You guys deserve preparation. Um, so sit Cameron Brait. Uh, and I wrote about this on FakeTeams.com. Really, the only reason I picked sit Cameron Brait here is so I could talk about this article that I wrote on FakeTeams.com. Uh, www fake f-a-k-e teams t-e-a-m-s dot com uh backslash peter rogers hit return you're just going to see all of my articles you're going to read every single one of them because clicks make money vanity url i like it good work yeah (laughs) you gotta have that vanity url uh so i wrote about this on fake teams i said five i wrote about five guys who are now safe to drop from your team uh because they're just not going to do anything for you Spoiler alert, Jordy Nelson's one of them. Uh, Cameron Brait is also one of them. The O.J. Howard revolution is 100% on in, in Tampa Bay. Uh, over the last three games, Cameron Brait has only recorded one reception. Now, some of that might have might have to do with the transition from Jameis Winston to Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Ryan Fitzpatrick clearly showing a, a favoritism towards the rookie. But I also just think O.J. Howard is, I mean, he's just a better all-around tight end prospect than Cameron Brait. And I think he's seemingly getting himself more situated into the offense and becoming more of a reliable weapon for them. So I am completely aboard the drop. I mean, don't, I'm completely aboard the sit Cameron Brait. And I even, I mean, I said so in the article, so I got to say it here on the podcast. You can even drop him. He's not going to get you anything. He's not, he's not going to uh, make you feel, he's not going to punish you for dropping him. Yeah, I don't think there's any reason to carry two tight ends. If if you have him, why? If if you have him and you're not going to play him, it's playoff times. Like you need to handcuff people. Right. Like you need to get people that may blow up. Karen Bright's not going to blow up. Right. Yep. Uh, do you have a final start and sit? I like. I, I've got a couple more, but I promised someone on Twitter we would talk about this on the podcast. So we may have one oh, perfect extra listener. Uh, oh my god, we have a listener who commented yeah. and talked to us. Uh, so. Must drop one. Uh, James Conner, back up to Le'Veon Bell. Dede Westbrook or Greg Olson. And I thought this one was super easy, but you tell me what you think and I'll follow up. It's Greg. My, I hurt my foot again. Olson. Yeah. I, I mean, is that, a, is, that, is that a question? Is that difficult? Do I have to debate about this? I'm with you. I mean, I think if we're talking about guys I want on my team for the next year, for the next three years, like obviously Greg Olson is the best. But he's coming off IR. He just hurt himself again. The Panthers' offense isn't exactly explosive. Uh, Danny Westbrook's had a couple of good games. It's one of those, this may be the run-up to him closing the season strong. Uh, Anybody that plays the Jags is concentrating on Leonard Fournette and completely ignoring Blake Bortles, as they should. uh, Or Eli Manning. Especially if the Jaguars are about to stumble upon Eli Manning. D.D. Westbrook's going to have so much fantasy value once Eli's involved. 
And then Le'Veon Bell's backup. I don't. This guy should be owning 100 percent of leagues because, yeah, you don't want to count on anyone getting injured. But if Le'Veon Bell does, the Steelers have shown they have no problems giving a, a running back 75 touches in a game, even if they're up yep. by 30 points. So, you pick him up. I, I mean, unfortunately, and this sounds crazy, and I understand the question, but you drop Greg Olson. Yeah. No, I told, and especially because. I know if you've had Greg, if you have Greg Olson, you've like been sneakily keeping him on your roster because you're like, hey, when Greg Olson comes back, he's going to help me throughout the playoffs. But presumably you have a tight end who you've relied on so far to get you there. And presumably that person's good enough that, you know, they, you can keep relying on them if you haven't already dropped them. Uh, so maybe you uh, maybe you get friend of the podcast ricky seals jones maybe you uh, go at him dear team that seems like a smart genius brilliant idea I, I have another quick one on who do i start so i'm looking through all of these posts and uh i guess we'll keep it a family show why the heck is everyone talking about josh gordon hasn't played That's... football in like three years why are yeah. you questioning starting good players or not starting good players for josh gordon what, what uh, if the, you if you're so you if you're if you're so crazy to to being like hey man I need to start someone from Cleveland start Corey Coleman at the very least Corey Coleman has played football in the last year J- Josh Gordon yes yeah. the guy was phenomenal when he, he had that stretch where he just like tore apart the NFL but he was on weed and a lot of alcohol when he did that who knows how he plays when he's sober yeah and just like if Josh Gordon was coming back to the Saints or the Rams or the Patriots or a team that was actually good. Okay, I can understand that. What is the best any wide receiver has done for the Browns all year? So you're expecting them to do better than anyone else has done on the team having been back in football for a week. Like I hope Josh Gordon turns it around. I think it's absolutely ridiculous that you can get prescribed opiates out the wazoo and play and everybody thinks that's cool but you can't smoke weed that's stupid but that's not the discussion we're having we're talking about do you think this person's going to come in and set the league on fire on a team who hasn't won a game yet this year no No, he's not no No. and don't and he's not worth the roster spot i mean people are people yeah no he's not worth the roster spot uh, that was a good person to bring up because i've seen a lot of a lot of uh, waiver wire waiver wire articles that are like go get yourself Josh Gordon. And it's like, should you really though? Like, yeah, maybe he's going to do something for you. And maybe if you're in a dynasty league, you you can keep him on for next year. But like, no, you haven't seen the guy play in a year and a half and he's not going to come on and suddenly light the world on fire and post three consecutive 150 yard games with a touchdown. No, it's not happening. Yeah, you raise a good point. If you have super deep benches and you have two or three keepers, like, Okay. I mean, I buy scratch off tickets every once in a while too. (laughs) Fine. I'm not going to, you know, hold that against someone. But if you start him this week, God, please don't. Now you know what's going to happen. He's going to get like 85 yards. He's going to go off. He's going to go off. But hey, if he goes off, it's it's because of us. Yeah. So you're welcome, everyone. Either way. (laughs) You are welcome. Uh, We called it either way. Let's uh before we wrap up the pod, let's quickly do a little Thursday night preview in which the team from Washington traveling to the Big D uh to take on the Dallas Cowboys, the struggling Dallas Cowboys. Clark, uh I know coming from you, 
you would be delighted to see a NFC NFC East rival like the uh, team from Washington take down Dallas in their home. Yeah, uh, despite the racist team name, I would like to see him march into Dallas and win. And uh, so uh, taking the cover off of the piano. Uh, I love it. So I, I make my notes every week and I have headers that expand for each topic that we're going to talk about. And I have Thursday night preview colon and then nothing because I thought for like an hour of like, what can we talk about with like Washington? Really? It's like nothing. nothing. I mean, I guess you start small JP Ryan. And I, I guess if you didn't drop Vernon Davis in a fit of rage, yeah, I guess, you start <laughs> but like Dallas is really, really looked bad dallas is in a free-for-all and i just don't trust that team to pull it together because and it's not like i think this is i think what you're seeing is this is the one issue with a young offense and i know a young offense in the sense that it's a young signal caller really a young quarterback is that like like your quarterback shapes your team i don't think that he's awful but he needs he can't do it all himself yet but the dif- and the difficulty here is, is that like something you I would assume that you learned throughout years and years and years and years playing in the NFL is that slumps come and how to get yourself out of those slumps. This is by far and away the worst and really only slump uh, that Dak Prescott has really experienced, and he's missing his workhorse Ezekiel Elliott to kind of help get him out of it. Des Bryant has been completely MIA, uh, MIA, and compl- and to be honest. The Cowboys might be better off without him. So put a pin in that this offseason. And I'll just I I flaming hot take. I, I think that I think that it's going to take a lot longer for Dak to kind of right the ship than maybe it would take a veteran quarterback. And that's just and that's just part of learning how to play in the NFL. That's nothing against Dak. And you said yeah. that it's just that's part of becoming, you know, that's what Carson Wentz went through the whole second half of last season. And now he's been able to like adjust Dak Prescott was phenomenal all of last season and now is finally experiencing what it's like to be a second year player in one of the most difficult sports to play and a great point with Carson Wentz you know why he's playing better have you watched the Eagles and have you watched a defensive lineman get close to Carson Wentz in nine weeks their defense is killing it they have four very talented running backs they have four wide receivers that would be happy that most teams would be happy to have on their team. So it isn't that Carson Wentz has taken, I don't think it's that Carson Wentz has taken this giant leap forward. It's that the Eagles are a very good team. So like Dak Prescott last year, behind this amazing offensive line, Mm -hmm. they got to dictate games. He didn't have to make a lot of tough decisions and he looked really good. So I still think Dak is good, but Carson Wentz is a great example to bring up. Last year, he looked bad on a bad team. Now that the Eagles are great, He's competent because when you give your quarterbacks time to throw the ball, wide receivers can get open because you can't touch them. And, right. and so I think we're seeing the same thing in Dallas, which means just eject. I think you sit Des Bryant this week. Like, unless. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. You got nothing else. Like, got to and, and you have to also remember it's Josh Norman. Josh Norman and Des. Like, Josh Norman has been maybe hot and cold this season, whatever you want to say, but. I feel like he's going to rise to the occasion to play two different wide receivers, Des Bryant and Odell Beckham. Those are the two wide receivers that he's going to rise to play and yeah. he's playing one of them. And, and, and in a divisional matchup where neither team is looking super great, 
is anybody going to be surprised if it's 14 to 20? No. And, and that's not just not all. a lot of points to go around. No. No, it's not. Uh, all right. Quickly call the game. Who do you have winning? All right, I, I got Washington 20, Dallas 14. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I've got, I've got Washington bringing down the – I just don't think the Cowboys are going to write the ship. I think Washington is coming in off of one of their better games that they played. Uh, and also, they – I mean, it's been two weeks in a row that they've played very well. Yes, they fell apart against the Saints two weeks ago, but still put together a very good performance against a team that was winning, whatever, seven in a row then. Samaj yeah. P. Ryan is someone who you mentioned who's run for 100 yards in both games. I just think that Washington's able to come in. They have a lot more going for them than than the Cowboys do. It would be impressive if the Cowboys ride a ship, but I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I would say Washington, like, whatever. Uh, let me create a number off the top of my head. 24-17. Washington wins. Yeah, so we've both got it as, or at least I see it as, like, close but not especially competitive. Exactly. Like, 100%. they ended up winning by seven, but it's, it looked worse or something. It was never, it was never really a game. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, delightful. Well, we will be talking to you guys at the end of the weekend on Monday night, Tuesday, as always, uh, make sure to subscribe, uh, rate review, all those good things to the podcast, especially you, that one person who reached out to Clark on Twitter and wanted to talk about the, uh, the, who do you drop question? Make sure to review, subscribe. I'm yeah, looking and at I, you. And I managed to mess that up too. It was Reddit. So yeah, I'm sorry, person. And I'm sorry, Reddit. Hey, the Reddit. If you want to sponsor this podcast, yeah, hit this up. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, all those things. Follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at PM Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Uh, as always, we care so deeply about your fantasy football team. It's the season of giving, and all we want to do is give to you. Happy Week 13, everyone. Hope it goes well. The fantasy playoffs right around the corner. Have a good week. Good luck out there. Cameron Brate is also one of them. Uh, the OJ Revolution. Oh my Jesus Christ! The OJ Howard Revolution is happening in Tampa. Yeah. Thanks, Juice. Now we can't say OJ anymore without <laughs> damn it. Conjuring damn you, up images of great movies like Airplane oh, or not Airplane. What is it? Naked Police Gun. Squad. Naked, Naked Gun. Gun. Excellent film. Excellent. You can just, film. You can just cut this whole thing out. <laughs> <laughs>